Welcome to a Conscious Coaching Podcast with your host, Lauren Bentley. Lauren is a trauma-informed cognitive behavioral therapist, as well as a mindfulness teacher. She's also obtained certifications like personal training, group fitness instruction, yoga teacher, and a breathwork facilitator. And she uses these certifications to create embodiment and somatic experiences for her clients. It is within this podcast that you will experience creating pathways home into your body to find safe and sacred space from within. The importance of honoring all of your emotions and letting your body tell the story. For deeper work, please check the show notes below. For information into how to join her Breathe and Receive membership, a virtual studio supporting the body, mind, and, and spirit. You can also see below different ways to contact her for discovery calls to set up one-on-one support, as well as how to find her on social media and her public Facebook group, A Conscious Community, and Instagram. Thank you so much for being here and create a beautiful day. Welcome, friends. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Kelly Fitzsimmons of Yoga Soul Style on Instagram. Kelly is a yin yoga teacher, essential oil distributor through doTERRA, plus a Reiki and crystal healer, and she is also a master at creating ritual. And today, we're going to be speaking about using ritual to help us with seasonal support. Thank you, Kelly, so much for being here. Again, this is our second time recording. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be on and to be able to share about ritual. Um, And I'm happy to to be here again, essentially, and joining you for this conversation. So yes, 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 yes. So good. So Kelly, if you could just begin by introducing yourself and telling us exactly what it is that you do. Of course. So yes, my name is Kelly. Um, I am a full-time yoga teacher, essential oil distributor, as well as running an online membership portal that is yoga-based, as well as mindfulness tools within there. And I also um, do a lot of private work with clients as far as creating specific protocols for them, which is also something that I share within my membership portal as well. And yeah, a big part of what the foundation of my work is, is this idea of ritual. So I'm really excited to dive deeper into that. Um, I've been doing this full time for, for about two years now and was in the corporate world prior to this to this endeavor. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something that we touched on in our original recording. And it's such a, a great story and a remembrance of like what this journey really can be all about and what it really is all about. Can you share with us your experience moving from corporate to full-time yoga teacher? I would love to. Yes, it's been such an interesting journey and one that I probably did see reflected fairly often through social media, through different people that I follow, different influencers. And I wouldn't say that that's exactly what planted the seed for me, although it did give me some inspiration that, wow, you know, seeing that that was achievable. But I will say for me, 
it, it, it was a bit of a process and it took quite a bit of time for me to be able to make that leap, not only from a foundational and, and stability standpoint, but just for my own comfortability of leaving something that felt so secure and so stable, even if that was a perceived stability, it, it felt that way being in the corporate world, having done it for, for 14 years, it was definitely a big part of my life. I worked in corporate fashion in New York City quite a competitive, toxic environment. I will say that I did enjoy most of my time in that industry, but towards the end of it, I would say the last four years of my career, it started to get really challenging. And probably no coincidence that it kind of coincided with the time that I got my my first yoga teacher training. And I had been doing yoga for some time before that, but I was never super serious about it to the extent that I was so much into the other aspects outside of asana or the movement part of the practice. So meaning that a lot of the other elements weren't really in my field of vision just yet at that time, but I had done my first teacher training in 2014. And I think that for me is when those seeds started being planted. And I felt this really deep connection to the practice. I had gone through pretty challenging time in my personal life and it came as things do at just the time that you need them. And from there, I started to get even deeper into the practice. And as many people that I've spoken to say, never really had the intention of being a teacher. I did it for my own knowledge, for my own awareness, for my own personal growth. But I did start teaching shortly after I was given an opportunity. And it just grew from there. And I started to think, you know, wow, I could actually do this as a living. I really love it. And as the environment that I was in corporate started to kind of get worse and worse, as corporate environments can tend to be that way, right? A lot of competition, a lot of layoffs, um, I would say a bit of a toxic environment to, to put it lightly. And so I started crafting a plan and was like, okay, how do I make this happen? And again, just realizing that it wasn't so easy as maybe it was portrayed through social media specifically. I think we see this often of people kind of saying, you know, make these leaps of faith and you can change your whole life. And yes, you can. And I'm a a big believer and I think an example of that, but I will say that it took me time. Um, It took me about four years, two years of really solid hard work of, but about four years total of just getting that foundation in place building up a customer base, teaching as many classes as I could, which wasn't a lot at the time because I didn't have a lot of time. I was commuting far to work to Manhattan. So I was having 12 hour days, but it was being really intentional and really focused. Well, where can I fit this in? Being creative with my time. You know, I had a long commute, so okay, I can use that time. You know, build up my Instagram audience, reach out to people, network, sequence classes. So getting really creative with how I was using my time. And then eventually getting to the point where I felt ready and I felt that I had enough of a safety net in place. I had saved up a good amount as a, you know, catch all if I needed it. And, and then, and then it was a bit of a leap of faith by that point. But again, having that structure in place for me personally was really important. Um, You know, we all have responsibilities in life and, and things that we have to show up for and, So it's not always that easy to just pick up and change your whole career. So for me, again, that was my personal journey of how it went. Um, It's been two years now that I've been full time doing this work and really grateful for the journey. Um, No regrets, 
don't really believe in regrets anyway, but I'm super thankful for the time I had in corporate. I've learned so much that I use in my business now, you know, everything from pricing to profit margins, planning, financials, so much that I use now, which has been really cool to witness as a side note, how I've used that knowledge. So I never think that time is wasted. If you're a person that's feeling that call, you're just not feeling aligned with what you're currently doing, just, I would just say to know and trust that there's likely experiences and information that you're taking in now that could eventually help you in ways that you are not able to see right now. Yeah. I relate a lot to your story and I I can't remember when you and I connected on social media but I believe it was right about the time that you were taking that leap and I as well was also taking the leap. I was working two jobs. Um one job bringing in the steady income and then also running my business on the side. So very long days until finally it was just that that leap of faith. Um but yeah, it's been about two years for me as well. But yeah, there's not um, there's not very much shown on social media behind the scenes of really taking that leap. You don't just you normally don't just wake up one day and just say screw it, quitting my job and going full time into this. You know, there's usually um, layers to build and foundations to set, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I love this so much about Elizabeth Gilbert that before Eat, Pray, Love like made it big time. So pretty much right before it was made into a movie, she was still working a corporate job, um, writing part-time, working full-time at a corporate job. And it was so that her her work, her art form, her medicine that she's here to share never became a stressed out, have to, should sort of way of existing, which is, is easy to get there. It's easy to panic. It's easy to get lost in just having to live a, you know, live our lives and pay our bills. It's easy to forget like our why behind it. And so having that cushion, having that support really helps you to stay with like the sacred medicine that you are here to offer. That's so true. I totally agree with that. I think that if you make that leap at a time where maybe you're not in enough of a stable position. I don't want to say ready because I don't know that you're ever fully, fully ready yeah. to do that until you actually do it. But yeah, I think you can put a lot of undue pressure on the situation. And when you're already making such a big change, and again, we all as adults have things that we need to show up for and, and be able to be responsible for. So just being super smart about it. But yeah, just also knowing, especially with work like this, you know, when you're doing yoga teacher, um, some type of healer, mentor, coach, you know, you don't, you don't want to have that, that added pressure. And then it can start to kind of shift the way that you feel about your work. And so if you can get it to a place where you feel comfortable enough, it really does take a lot of the pressure off, which I, I do think is really important Yeah. and, and taking that step and, and for longevity and being successful with that, mm-hmm. with such a big change. Mm-hmm. So did your rituals, did they come before or after leaving corporate? When I think about it now, they came before. But okay. I don't know that I had the awareness to call it that at the time, or it just wasn't something that I connected to in that way. But I will say looking back, and especially as I mentioned, those last couple of years were, were particularly challenging from a, from a professional perspective and also some personal experiences that were happening in my life at the time and I remember having I mean 
a lot of emotional breakdowns. It was a challenging time and sitting and being like, okay, you know, how this is the situation that I'm in right now. I can't change it right now. I know I can change it at some point. It's going to take me some time to get there. But how can I create these moments of connection for myself now? And there was a few years of time where I was getting up at probably 5 a.m. so that I could fit in time to connect. And often I think that is the the crux of what ritual actually is, is, is connection to self in a really intentional way. And to just have that awareness that I needed to carve that time out. Because if I was going to be spending my whole day commuting, working on a job that wasn't necessarily aligned to me, there had to be time in my day that was just for me, that I can just connect to myself, that I could release whatever was feeling heavy or bring forth whatever was feeling joyful. But just to really carve out that time in my day was was I think even more important at that time. Um, and even within the job, I can remember, you know, saying, okay, get outside, you know, I was working in Manhattan again. So walk around the block, you know, there's beautiful things to see in the city, even if it was 10 minutes, right? And that became a ritual, you know, grabbing my phone, maybe putting on some music and walking around. So I started to get really creative with finding ways to infuse intention in my day. And I really do think it helps even on the train ride. Again, if I wasn't doing some some type of work, maybe taking that time to read a book or listen to a podcast Um, and not from a lens of having to always do something, but really from more of that lens of that, that deep inner connection that I just thought it was vital at that time without me even fully realizing that it was like, I knew it intuitively that that had to happen. Mm, I love that. Like you were just always on this path, even when you didn't realize where the path was leading you. So I am so excited for everyone to really hear what your rituals are like and how you bring them into your life. Because I will say since our first recording, I have felt so much inspiration from you with creating more ritual. Because I've always been, uh, not always, but for the past like seven years, waking up early to meditate and do yoga, journal, read, things like that, daily hikes, like those things have always been a part of my life and definitely a very important ritual for me to connect. However, I love like when you speak about or what you're going to speak about in a little bit about creating ritual around making your food and cleaning your house. I just kept realizing how much I even would just my water, I'd be waiting for water to boil and I'd be scrolling on my phone like, whoa, actually, how can I turn this into a ritual? How can I turn this into a sacred moment where I am infusing my food with love and gratitude? And just, it's it's just given me so much inspiration. I'm really grateful for it. I love to hear that. That Mm. makes me so happy. (laughs) And I love what you said about making it a sacred moment. I think that that is such a big part of what creating ritual is. And Yes, certainly, maybe it's a little bit more understandable about how we can can create a ritual around, say, a yoga practice or meditation, journaling, the types of practices that we generally will connect to, to this type of idea. But as you mentioned, there's so many different ways that you can really infuse ritual throughout your entire day. And as we had kind of talked about the first go around, right, starting to think about your routine. So what are your daily routines and how can you start to make those a little bit more extraordinary? And often I like to say 
engagement of the senses. So if we just take the five senses as a basis for this, this is what I do and how I kind of start to create these little rituals throughout my day is saying, okay, so things such as scents, right, aromas. So for me, of course, being an essential oil lover, creating a beautiful diffuser blend to have on in the background while I'm doing something like work or cooking, putting on music that I love, you know, have fun with it. You know, sometimes I put on music that I listened to in high school and I just dance around Mm -hmm. while I'm cleaning, right? And that right there, that one little shift in perspective and the intention, all of a sudden, you know, sweeping your floors can can become a ritual. Textures, you know, creating these really cozy spaces. So that sense of touch, how can you start to infuse that somewhere in your day? If it's sitting down with a book and a cup of tea at the end of the night, you know, can you wrap yourself in a cozy blanket, your favorite socks? So there's just these little, really little shifts that we can start to make that all of a sudden throughout your day, you have all these opportunities that are now a ritual because you're you're infusing it with intention rather than moving through it maybe in a distracted or maybe just unaware right often this is how we move through life and and that's there's not any not judging that at all but if we can just make these little moments where all of a sudden we're bringing that intention in it really starts to make incredible shifts in your life yeah it's it's turned a lot of things from have to's to get to's because it's it's easy it's easy to be somebody who whether you run a business or you work for corporate so you work you you get your job done you you know taking the kids to and from practice to and from school and cooking dinner and cleaning and pets and all the, and then your own social life and self-care practice it can be really overwhelming it's easy to get lost in it and so it turns into this moment that you can instead connect a little bit more, like releasing the, oh my gosh, I have so much stuff to do, to do around my house and all this driving to do. Well, how can you make it a bit more sacred? What can you do to help yourself connect a bit more or um, deepen your awareness to, to yourself, to the divine? A hundred percent, you know, this is talked about by so many people in, in the yoga community and, and all these teachers. And we talk about this idea of, of getting out of the head. Mm-hmm. And why do we want to do that? Well, because when we're just kind of operating with this programming and there's just very little awareness, very little presence, this is when the mind starts to spin out, right? And it can be really easy to lose that connection to self. And, and that's when we start maybe reacting from a place that isn't necessarily aligned with how we're actually feeling you know, already being in this culture where it's go, 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 busy, busy, busy. This has been the programming that's been promoted for so long, I think ingrained in us at this point. And it takes you actively choosing to change that. And if you can create these little moments where you're, like you mentioned, you know, with the water boiling and grabbing for the phone, that's so common. Mm -hmm. I find myself doing that, of course, too, all the time. Standing in line is a common one, too. Um, even I catch myself while I'm actually eating a meal, you know, from mm-hmm. sitting by myself grabbing the phone. So the phone's an easy example, of course, just being in the, <laughs> the environment that we're all in with our phones practically attached to us. But it's an understandable example. And we start to see how all of a sudden we're just pulled out of the present moment. We're pulled into whatever it is that we're looking at, distracted by. And so, again, just back to this idea of ritual being a way to really anchor you in the present. 
And it's just so, you know, studies upon studies and teachers upon teachers who have taught how important it is for us to be present with ourselves for, for so many different reasons, right? An emotional standpoint, physical standpoint, all these layers of our of our inner inner being and, and our energy. It's just really vital to our to our wellness, really, um, to our overall health. So to make it, I think, in a way that seems really achievable too. These don't have to be big sweeping gestures in your day where you're carving out two hours to do a yoga practice. And that's amazing. If you can do that, you'll feel amazing after that, I can guarantee you. <laughs> but for a lot of us, that just isn't realistic. So what if you take what you're already doing, what's already in your routine, and you create ritual around that? You know, I think that you'll start to really see a shift yeah. in, in just how you are energetically, emotionally, how you're connecting with people, how you're connecting with yourself, of course, which is always where it begins. Yeah. And I love that you bring in the senses because that's what takes us into our bodies. And because there's the, there's the, the whole idea of living mindfully and then living embodied. And so like for, for me, for example, when I'm just focused on living mindfully, it's like, okay, where's my thoughts now? okay, where's my thoughts now? (laughs) All right, bring it back, you know? And it can be very, um, it's almost like I'm more in my head when all I want to do is just be mindful. But when I turn it into be embodied, anchoring into the body with like the four senses, um, it can really, five senses, (laughs) it can, (laughs) it can, uh, it can just really help you to just more easily quiet the mind. You just find a deeper presence and inner peace and it it just seems to flow a bit more naturally I agree totally I love that you use that word embodied we might call this flow state as well Mm -hmm. right this idea of just being so in the moment or in the zone however you want to refer to it I think it's all the same idea and yeah it's not necessarily being mindful, as you said, where you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, now I'm thinking about this. Now I'm thinking about this. And, and we can do that. That's a practice too. And just mm-hmm. sit and kind of witness the thoughts, which is always fascinating. But yeah, more this idea of just really being in the moment, you know, it's so important because I think that, well, I know that and it's been shown just that so much of our suffering, right, is when we're either pulled to the past or we're projecting to the future. So and that's the whole foundation of just being here now yeah be here now so what beautiful way to do it then with creating that ritual with inviting in the senses this is how we our five senses are how we connect to the outer world so i find that doing that again is just gives you this really easy framework to start to see how you can do it in your own life Mm -hmm. Um, and just yeah the examples i gave are the ones that work for me but to start to explore and see what those practices and those layers might be for you and to be really open to, to trying different things. And I think, and interesting that you said too, even just from our conversation that you started being aware, it's like once that seed is planted in your head, you'll start to notice all these little times in your day where you're like, oh, well, I can add this in. I can do this while I'm doing this, this chore, this, you know, whatever it is that you have to do. Um, the one I thought of when you mentioned, you know, driving, driving the kids. I know this is a big thing that parents have to do is kind of bust their kids all around. So why not make it a dance party when you're in the car or make it a sing along or, you know, there's so many different things that 
that you can start to really integrate. And like I said, I think will make a profound difference. Like those little changes really add up. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Finding what works for you. Like if you're not into essential oils, that's okay. You don't have to force yourself to use them in order to enjoy ritual. It can be whatever works for you. It also doesn't need need to mean that you need to be always um, multitasking. If you just want to clean in silence, well then that in that moment, then clean in silence. It, that it can be a ritual. Can you focus on your breath? Can you feel gratitude for your home that you get to that you get to clean um can you it's so true yeah and I had an experience like that recently I hike a lot and um I never listen to music or listen to podcasts while I'm hiking I always had this idea well I'm in nature so it should be quiet and I should be connecting to nature yeah. and yes that's a beautiful thing to do <laughs> But then one day I had the awareness and I said, wow, I just really feel like listening to this particular artist. And, and I put it on and it was just a, it was beautiful. It was like a whole new experience that I had. And I was like, why was I preventing myself from doing this? Just because I had this preconceived notion of what it meant to be taking a hike. So I think part of it is also asking yourself that question. What will feel really good right now? What feels joyful right now? And sometimes it is quiet and sometimes I can feel that in my body. I, I want that silence. I want to just hear my footsteps, hear the leaves. Other times, you know what, it'll be really nice to put on some music right now. So exactly what you said. I think that's part of it too, is being able to ask yourself that question and know what what is needed in that moment. It's always going to change. Yes. Oh, and I'm the same way with about you with the hiking and being in silence. And it's just like hit me like, oh my gosh, it's just an unconscious pattern. By the time we're 35 years old, like 95% of our lives are completely unconscious because we tend to get up the same way, have the same routine, all of that. And we, it's even why oftentimes we can drive to work and be like, oh my God, how did I even get here? I don't even remember because we're just on autopilot. And so it can just be simply, yeah, what do I need anything extra in this moment? Would anything help me connect deeper? And, and allowing yourself to explore that magic that's there. Oh, that's so exactly. good. <laughs> it was so fun because then you get all these opportunities to create these moments throughout your day. Yeah. And just live your life. Like it goes by so fast. Live it. Take that power back. And instead of it being so unconscious, how can you, how can you um, just be there to support yourself in every moment that you need? That's exactly what it is. Yep. So I, <laughs> yeah, and I just want to touch on uh, seasonal support briefly before we wrap everything up with the rituals, because um, as we, as I talked about in the first podcast of this month, and I introduced the Danish tradition or Danish way of life, Huga H Y G G E. It still it gets me every time, <laughs> but it's all about creating a cozy atmosphere to support you during seasonal, um, during like seasonal depression. So, um, and I, you did bring up earlier about at nighttime, maybe cozying up with blankets and a cup of tea and a good book. And that's definitely a Huga way of being, but do you have any other things that you could recommend for seasonal support? I think that this definitely ties into this whole idea of ritual and and somehow I think maybe even more so because I know that a lot of people are affected by that shift in energy, whether 
all of that. Me living in New York, we do obviously experience a change in temperature and, you know, definitely a lot more time spent indoors for the most part. And so I think being even more intentional and I love that whole idea of just creating these super cozy environments. And I think, again, that comes back to the five senses for me. And it's something that I've really starting to become a lot more intentional about. I think my morning ritual is, is pretty on point if, if I do say so to myself, but the, the nighttime, I think also just to mention him, and I find this to be pretty common for, for a lot of people, for some reason, it can be hard to shift into that space at night. I think because again, this busyness, this go, 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 we're going throughout our whole day can be really hard to, to make that shift at night. But I think especially going into these colder months where if you're in a part of the world where it's also getting darker a lot earlier as it is where I am now, sun setting at 4.30, Mm -hmm. which is so early when you think about it, right? By six o'clock, I'm like, is it time for bed? I mean, it's just very, it, those first few weeks, it definitely, you know, shifts things. So to be aware of that. And so what I started doing is, and I'm not consistent with it yet, but we're always a work in progress, right? Is coming into the space where I do my yoga and my meditation practices and really creating this just beautiful environment. Because often when I come into my space at night, maybe it's a little chilly, it's dark. I'm just not feeling the vibe, right? It's like, I want to create this vibe for myself. So what I started doing is lighting candles, putting my oils on, bringing in some extra blankets and pillows and just creating this really cozy space. So it's not just my mat on the floor, but now it's all these different textures and warmth and layers and saying, all right, I'm going to do this beautiful yin or restorative practice. And if it's 20 minutes, you know, it makes such a big difference. And I'll say once I'm in it, then I will tend to add on. It's like if I can almost trick myself and say, okay, just go, go in there for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden I'm in here for a lot longer and I'm now I'm journaling and I'm grabbing a book that's nearby. And now it's all these rituals start to be added on. And so I think in, in this season, as we start shifting deeper and deeper into winter and to be really aware of that, you know, to, again, kind of like how I was talking about with prior being in the corporate world and having this really busy day is like, sometimes you do have to be a little bit you know, kind of make this promise to yourself, this is where I'm going to carve out that time in my day, because it can be easy to say, you know what, I don't feel like it, you know, it's dark, I just want to go to bed. And, but I think even more so important to to do that now, because otherwise, again, we're just kind of slipping back into that unconscious state, we're not giving ourselves the time to connect to ourselves, which is so vital, so, so vital. And I think, what better opportunity to create these cozy environments for yourself than when we're in these colder months, you know, I think baths, right? Baths, candles, for some reason, these are things that we associate with winter more so than summer. So why not give yourself those indulgences, you know, create that bath time ritual for yourself. Um, Enjoy that cup of tea, book, whatever it is. Um, TV even, Right. I think TV can get a bad rap, but if, again, we're bringing that intention into it, well, why can't that be something um, that is also a ritual? It's, it's, again, it's, it's the perspective. It's the awareness that we have going into it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) 
That was so good. I feel I was going to say something and then the thought just completely escaped my mind. (laughs) Oh, it was um, about the having trouble creating like the evening ritual as so uh, years ago before I started my daily yoga meditation practice, I was always the type, I was a bartender for many years. So I was always the type of, I'm not getting up early. Like I would never have a job where I have to wake up early. I'm I'm never going to do that. And all of a sudden I was waking up early and I was, I was scheduling in, in the early morning before my kids would wake up for school to do yoga and begin to learn how to meditate. And at first it was really hard. I so bad just wanted to stay sleeping. And would that have been the easier option? Of course. But I feel like I wouldn't be anywhere close to who I am today without those practices. And so I think what I'm going to have to do, because I am awful with evening practices, I just usually tend to just go turn my TV on and that's it, you know, Um, like after dinner. And uh, I think I'm going to start scheduling it in until it just becomes a natural thing for me because I know I no longer schedule in my morning practice that's a very natural thing of course it's a non-negotiable my alarm goes off I know what to go and do so yeah if you don't have any sort of rituals and you're like well where do I even begin schedule it in just schedule it in for yourself um maybe you know asking where you can fit some time in in the morning afternoon and then evening even if it's five minutes just having that moment I totally agree. I think sometimes it does take a little bit of dedication and, you know, maybe this idea of scheduling sounds very structured and rigid, but I think in the beginning that it can be helpful because, Mm -hmm. and again, if we tie it back into seasonal, I think especially in the winter, at least from personal perspective, I find it harder to get up in the morning. Yeah. It's pitch blackout. It's freezing. You don't want to get out of bed. You want to stay in bed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but exactly what you said, I can so relate to that where just, after years of doing this, it's just, it's so ingrained in me that it's a non-negotiable and I don't have to schedule it now, but of course, yeah, it didn't start out that way. Um, and the biggest, you know, feedback that I get often from clients in my community is that they don't have the time or they don't know where to fit it in. They already getting up so early, you know, Mm -hmm. am I going to get up earlier? And my answer is yes. Yes. You are going to get up earlier. (laughs) Um, And I think we kind of touched on this in our first conversation, but I get, yeah, a little bit of tough love there sometimes because I used to be really flexible. And if people would ask, I would say, well, just fit it in where you can, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's the afternoon that you have time, do it then. But I would say if you're, again, newer to the practices and newer to this idea of, of creating ritual and connection in your day, really, really try to carve that time out for yourself in the morning because, We know there's just something to be said for that energy when you first wake up. You know, you're in a different brainwave state. You're a bit more open. And so if you can start to infuse intention when you're in those states, I can promise you that it's going to change the rest of your day. And the more you do it, the more you're going to want to do it. And you're going to crave that time. And then, yes, like we were just saying, now it's like, okay, how do we start to do that same thing at night? And that does seem to be a bit more challenging, but I would say starting out, really try to do it in the morning, try Mm -hmm. to do something for yourself in the morning. That's a ritual. Yeah. And And then of course you can start, like we discussed all the different ways to infuse throughout your day, but I think starting your day that way is, is big. It's a big transformation for sure. It's, and it's uncomfortable at first, but 
then yeah, you're going to just start to love it. And yeah, you wake up earlier, but you're going to want to start to go to bed earlier. Like I went from being party girl, wanting to stay up all night to being like, no, I would like to be in bed by nine because I want to wake <laughs> up and do my yoga tomorrow. And I don't want to be hungover. I don't want to be exhausted. Like I want to fit this in and I want to feel good, you know, and, and not saying that you can't party or you can't have any alcohol, you know, I mean, if I still will have some drinks, but it's just, it's in a manner that suits me and how I want to feel. Like, that's how good it feels is what I'm saying. Like, you're like, 100%. screw everything else. I'm showing up for me. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, you know, for people listening who, again, this maybe is a bit of a newer idea and you're listening saying, oh, God, how am I going to do that? It takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes time and consistency, right? I'm sure me, you know, you and I being on, on this sort of pathway for some time now, I'm talking years, you know, I've had a morning practice for probably six years now. Yeah. So it takes a lot of time. This isn't something that happened overnight at all. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, and then it started shifting. Okay. Now I'm going to bed early. All the things in your life, they just start to shift, but it's having patience with that. And again, being open and fluid to what that might look like for you. But I think consistency and, and promising that to yourself, like make that promise to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. carve out that time for yourself. Cause not enough people do, you know, and if we're not building that relationship with ourselves, then I don't know how we expect to build that with the people in our life or, or with our professions, our careers, our passions, like it always starts with us. Absolutely. So to tie it all in, ritual is all about bringing that magic back into your life, bringing the magic into the mundane and beginning to meet yourself where you're at in each and every moment. Um, That's been a big journey I've been on because for a long time I was on that ascension journey and just, I'm going to talk about it soon. Um, So we don't need to get into it now, but I just was really exhausted by it and it wasn't leading me in any place good. Like I just didn't feel good about myself until I started to really just instead deepen my roots where I'm at. And so I've really been in this phase of day by day, moment by moment, how can I deepen myself exactly where I am right now? And bringing in that ritual can really help. And in my opinion, it can really help you to go from hating winter to loving winter. I get (laughs) so excited for winter now. (laughs) It's so true. It, I feel the same way. And I'm sure you experience this too, living where you are around this time. You start to hear people say, you know, it's cold. I'm dreading the winter. I want the sun. I want the summer. And and I'm sitting there like, I'm kind of okay with it. Yes. You know, there is something that happens when you're exactly like you said, letting yourself really root so deeply into the moment it's like you just start to realize all of the this sounds like so cheesy and cliche but it's so true like you really start to see the beauty in every moment Mm -hmm. and that includes maybe colder temperatures and seasons that we used to identify as as bad or you know it's just like looking at the way that we've labeled things or we've been programmed to label things and and feel about them and there really is so much to be found in every season, in every moment, every day, you know, and again, it's just, it's, it's simple, but it's challenging because it's a shift in perspective 
and it's easy for me to talk about it, right? For you and I to have this conversation, but when you're, you're at the beginning of this journey, I know that it's, it's going to be hard to see that, but little changes, little shifts in the, in perspective, in perception, how you're connecting, how you're bringing that, a deep, deep presence, it's presence. It's that sacred moment that we talked about, that deep connection. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. I'm feeling even more inspired after our talk. We needed to have two. There's a reason for it. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Kelly. You want to let us know how we can all get in contact with you and as well, it will all be in the show notes below. Of course. And thank you again for having me. I love talking about these types of practices and how they can support. And you can definitely find me on Instagram. That's where I do tend to hang out the most as far as sharing different types of rituals, protocols that I found really helpful and that I share with my community. So check me out there, Yoga Soul Style. Website is the same, Yoga Soul Style. And my biggest project that I'm putting so much energy into right now is called Ritual Lab which is an online membership portal, which includes practices such as yoga, meditation, breath work, energy practices. And then I love to layer in the essential oils and crystals to kind of bring a little bit of a different flavor or layer to the rituals. And so, yeah, really just kind of created an entire online membership based on this whole idea of ritual. So it's something that I'm really passionate about. And so definitely recommend checking that out if that's something that interests you and you're maybe feeling like you need a little support with getting started and that's it I'd love to stay connected and thank you so much for having me again Mm -hmm. it was really great Mm -hmm. thank you so much